If you've got a Bible, you can open it to Acts chapter 3. We're working our journey through the book of Acts. And Gavin kicked us off two weeks ago. Just as a reminder, really, Acts is in the, uh, in the New Testament, which is kind of the second half of our Bible. Acts you'll find after uh, the accounts of Jesus' life, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then you'll find Acts. It was written by Luke, the doctor, and uh, it's his account of the birth of the church. And Luke was there for at least some of it, because sometimes in his language he uses like, things like, we, we did this, we went there. So he was involved in some of the stuff that was going on at the time. It was actually him going out, him being involved. Jesus has lived, he's been teaching, he's been healing people, he's, he's caught the attention of the religious leaders, of the religious rulers, and he's been crucified, but gloriously raised to life. And he's appeared to his friends. And he's told them, wait, wait in the city, and you'll be filled with power from on high. And that's how we begin the book of Acts. That's how we begin Luke's account of the birth of the early church. So today our theme is healing. And if you're on Alpha at the moment, I know there's one or two people here who are on Alpha, then tonight is on healing too. So you get double healing, a double talk on healing. So enjoy tonight as well. I'm sure it will be as good as me, if not better. Healing is a common theme for Luke. He wants his readers to know that miraculous healing didn't stop when Jesus was taken to heaven. So he, he makes account, he writes accounts of a girl who is raised from the dead, a man who is healed from fever. He writes an account of of um, people taking Paul, the Apostle Paul's handkerchiefs and, and bits of his clothes um, and people being healed by touching these handkerchiefs and, and bits of Paul's clothes. He tells an account of a man who is listening to Paul speak. He goes on till midnight. This man falls asleep, falls out of the window and has to be raised to life you will be pleased to know that I will not be going on till midnight tonight. And we're on a ground floor. So if you fall out of a window, you're pretty safe. So let's read this passage this morning in Acts. Acts chapter 3 and going from uh, verse 1 to verse 20. The words will be on the screen if you haven't got a Bible. So don't worry. This is where you're meant to have found the page already. There we go. Acts chapter 3. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer, at three in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, 
where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by that right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them to the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. While the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to him in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, Fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It's Jesus' faith. Uh, it is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him as you can all see. Father God, we love you and we ask that you would be with us this morning as you already have been. You're here by your spirit. Would you speak to us deep into our hearts? Would you help us? Would you help us to encounter you through your word? Would you speak all you want to speak into our hearts? Empower us this morning and let us leave changed because we've encountered you. Amen. Hey, so, here are two opposing Christian views about healing. And I appreciate these might be extreme. Number one, all the healing that you need is available to you right now. You just have to have the right amount of faith. You just need to claim it. It's yours. Or number two, healing doesn't happen because it stopped with the apostles in Acts. And anyone who claims that it does is deluded or a liar. Now, I appreciate they are extreme, potentially, and there may be levels of uh, points within those two. But I want to say this morning, let's make a line for what the Bible says about healing. And I think there are three markers this morning that just help us to keep on that track so that we can know what Scripture tells us about healing. Three markers as we make that journey this morning. And they are this, the kingdom of Jesus, the compassion of Jesus, 
and faith in Jesus. Firstly, kingdom. Kingdom of Jesus. Jesus had a message. The kingdom of God is here. Encounter me and you encounter God's authority. You encounter God's rule, said Jesus. Encounter me and you encounter God's heart. You encounter God's compassion. You encounter God's healing, said Jesus. He said, you can enter into this kingdom by receiving me. And and see, that message didn't stop when Jesus and his earthly work came to an end. Because it did, as Peter tells us. Peter says to us, you know, you, you rejected the king. You rejected the, the author of life. And you chose, a, if you know the story, you chose a murderer. You chose Barabbas over the, over the king. Now accept him now, says Peter in his sermon after the healing. See, like Gavin said a couple of weeks ago, if the accounts of Jesus' life in the Gospels show the earthly work, the earthly ministry of Jesus, then Acts shows his heavenly ministry. He's still about his work, advancing the kingdom. And guess what? It involves you and I. It involves his followers filled with the Spirit, anointed with power. We're called to advance God's kingdom and God's rule. See, this man was hoping for money, and it was a very noble thing to give beggars money. There wasn't some kind of social care system that helped someone like him in his situation. No, no, it would be a very noble thing for people on their way to to worship to give this man money. But today... Today he encounters the kingdom of God. And so healings are a sign. They're a sign of this kingdom breaking in. They're a sign of this kingdom advancing. See, one day God's kingdom will fully come. We believe that, don't we? One day it will. It's what all of creation has to look forward to. One day all sickness will be healed completely. Totally. All pain and suffering will be no more. That is the sure and certain hope of the Christian faith. So we know that actually one day all prayers for healing will be answered. They will. One, one, Bible, one Bible teacher puts it like this. He says, it, it's like, it's all, all prayers for healing will be answered. It's just a matter of when. Will it be in this life? Or will it be in the one to come? It leaves us with a question, though. Well, why are some things only to be healed in the future kingdom? It's a mystery. It's a mystery. We don't have the answer for it. That doesn't mean we stop praying. It doesn't mean we stop praying. That's what 
that's what Jesus taught as he, as he taught his disciples to pray in that prayer. God, your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because we live in a time where God's kingdom is advancing, but it's not fully here. But our prayer is, God, would you let it advance? Would you let it come? Would you let it move on this earth? And when you apply that to healing, we're saying, God, I, God, I know that you will heal sickness, but would you do it now? God, would you do it now? Healing points to the kingdom breaking in. That's why Acts is the healings in Acts are all, almost always um, included with a message about how to get right with God, a call to get right with God, a call to receive Jesus. That's what we see in this passage. Peter speaking to the crowd afterwards. He said, look, it was Jesus that healed this man, the one you rejected. Now turn and receive him. He can, he can forgive all the stuff that you've done wrong. Like Philip was talking to us this morning and encouraging people to hear to do who might not have done. Jesus can forgive all the stuff that you've got wrong. All the mistakes where you've rejected God. Jesus can forgive it. Why don't you come into that kingdom today? He says, you know, the same power that has raised this man from his physical sickness raised Jesus from the dead and will raise you from your spiritual sickness. Jubilee, God is still advancing his kingdom. It's good news to hear this morning, isn't it? God is still advancing his kingdom. And he uses you and I in that. We must have a, 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 um, a positive view of God advancing his kingdom when we're talking about healing to know that he is on the move. Secondly, the compassion of Jesus. See, Peter takes this man's hand. I'll find a man. Peter takes, takes this man's hand and he helps him up. It's so wonderful. <laughs> Sit back down, Bill. Go on. He takes his hand... And he helps him up. And it says that the man is instantly healed. It's worth looking at that just a little bit closer. This is not Peter trying to help out God. Come on. Come on. No, no, it's not. John Stott, one of the, the greatest Bible teachers in this nation of the last hundred years or so, John Stott said... This wasn't a gesture of unbelief as the man reached down to, lift him, to help him up. It's a gesture of love. Peter chose to get up close and personal with this man. He responded to him in compassion. Compassion. Compassion that he had learnt from Jesus. See, Jesus was full of compassion. Get this, Jesus was even full of compassion when he, it looked like he really didn't want to be bothered. Do you have those times when you just don't want to be bothered? Just leave me alone. 
Perhaps it's because I'm slightly introverted that I have those. But Jesus, Jesus was full of compassion even when it looked like he didn't want to be bothered. So Matthew 14, he's just found out that his relative, John the Baptist, has been murdered. And he withdraws away to be away from people. But they follow him. And he, he doesn't say, oh, do you know, guys, this is not a good time for me. Just kind of give me some space. No, no, it says he had compassion. When he saw them, he had compassion on them and he healed their sick. In Matthew 20, it says that Jesus is doing some ministry um, in, uh, I think it's Jerusalem, and he's leaving. And uh, he sees two blind men on the road and they're shouting at him, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on us. And they're shouting up, Jesus, have mercy on us. And people are going, look, be quiet. Look, he's leaving now. You've missed your chance. Look, shut up. And what does he do? He has compassion. He says he's filled with compassion. And he heals them. See, look at this man that we meet. Every day, he's positioned himself to be seen by others to be seen by people going to the temple. Hopefully they'll see me. Hopefully they'll give me something. Listen, if you're sick or you're suffering this morning, whether it's physical, mental, emotional, know this. Jesus sees you. Jesus sees you with his heart of compassion. And he calls his church to compassion too. This new community of the Spirit that we start to see in Acts is not some super spiritual group of people that are so spiritual and out there that they're disconnected from the reality of the world. No, no, he calls them to compassion. He calls them to feel and get up close with the realities of this world. And the realities of this world include sickness and suffering. They're to be compassionate. You and I are to be compassionate. Compassion. It's amazing. Compassion strengthens us. Compassion helps us to reach out to those around us. I love how we can be compassionate through things like Safe Families for Children, through the Hope Foundation, through Open Door, through sparklers, through the football team. Through other ways. Do you know, and when I think about healing, I know that I often don't pray for healing out of compassion. I pray out of whether it will be a success or not. Whether I think it will be a success. Will I look stupid or not? I pray out of, will I be embarrassed if they're not healed? That's not the Christian motivation for healing. It's compassion. And I have to confess that I've become too safe in this. I know that I've become too safe. 
in the area of healing. In my head, I can quickly follow up compassion with all the reasons why I may not want to or need to pray for their healing right now. Why praying for healing might not be a good idea right now. Quickly, that will follow up compassion. But I might also want to suggest that perhaps we've become too safe in the area of healing. Perhaps we've become too safe. Oh, that we'd be less bothered by, oh, how might I look? That we'd be less bothered by what happens, what, what if nothing happens? That we'd be less bothered by, it's the middle of the supermarket. How can I pray for this person right here? Or it's at the school gates. Or it's at the football match. Or it's in the pub. See, what would it mean for us to leave playing it safe behind? And I'm, I'm not just talking about here on a Sunday. I'm talking about in our workplaces. I'm talking about in the supermarket. I'm talking about at the match. In our schools, at the gym, on the street. That's where we're called to be moved by compassion. Peter and John were on their way to, a, to the temple. They were on their way to pray. They could have said, we have got more important things to do. We're on our way to a prayer meeting. What's more important than a prayer meeting? We haven't got time. But now they stopped because they were moved out of compassion. And as an aside, the healings we see in Acts, don't, they don't provide us with a how-to to heal, okay? So I mentioned people being healed through handkerchiefs and through aprons. Listen, that's not a how-to guide to heal, okay? It's amazing that it happened. Maybe it'll happen again. But it's not a how-to guide to heal. Just find someone who, who's prayed for healing and get hold of their handkerchief. It might be a bit snotty. <laughs> that's, that's not what Acts is teaching us. It's not teaching us a technique. It's teaching us a principle. He's, say, he's saying, look, as Jesus followers, we're meant to be expectant, compassionate, and willing not to play it safe. Willing to be adventurous. Listen, here's a quote from Terry Virgo, who uh, really is the founder of our movement of churches. And this is what he said um, in his chapter in one of his books about healing. It's probably easier to leave the whole subject alone and to not put oneself in a context of pressure, anguish, embarrassment and vulnerability. But on the other hand... Jesus said, truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And great works than the, greater works than these he will do, because I go to the Father. So by God's grace, I think I will aim to carry on. I love that. Compassion. Finally, faith in Jesus. Peter wants the crowd to know that it's not him that's healed the man. It's Jesus. More than that, it's faith in Jesus. See, faith, put simply, is trust. He trusted that Jesus would heal this man. And there does seem to be a 
a connection in the Bible between faith and healing. Sometimes the person who needs healing, sometimes the person who is praying for them. I can hear almost a few warning lights going off. Hang on a minute. Careful, you might be straying into something you mentioned earlier as an extreme. Are you talking about faith healers? Are you talking uh, about getting your faith? Are you talking about some of the abuses we see in that? No, no, I'm not. But I'm, I'm saying let's not, let's not miss the fact that that's there in Scripture. That there seems to be a connection between faith and healing. We don't understand it. We don't get it. But it's there. Listen, and this isn't a point about just having a faith. If you just have enough faith for your healing, if you get your faith to a certain level, then you will be healed. In Mark chapter 9, there's a dad whose son needs healing. And he comes to Jesus, and Jesus says, he says, oh, will you heal my son? And Jesus says, look, everything's impossible. Uh, um, And he says, do you believe? And the man says, I do believe. Help my unbelief. You know, Jesus didn't say to him, sorry, not good enough. Your faith is not at a high enough level. It's not good enough. No, he doesn't. He heals the boy. So it's not about getting our faith to a certain level. It's not about uh, expressing faith by long, drawn-out prayers either. But there does seem to be something about persistence. So don't say, oh, I asked God to heal my arm last week and it hasn't happened, therefore I'm not going to keep praying. No, no, keep persisting, keep pursuing Jesus. Keep being in faith. So what is the connection between faith and healing? Well, if it's trust, then we trust in a person. We trust in Jesus, who's advancing his kingdom. We trust in Jesus, who's full of compassion. It's not a confidence in us. The confidence in Jesus. And the, again, the encouragement is, if, it, if it's Jesus that heals, then that means all of us can step out and pray for healing. Because we know it's not about us, it's not about a certain few people, it's all of us. I loved what Malcolm said, just pleased to be me, just be glad that you're you. Hey, but God that you're you and that God, Jesus, has given you authority over sickness. Be glad that he hasn't, given, he hasn't made it your responsibility. He keeps the responsibility, but he's given you and I authority over sickness. And we can pray with faith for those who are suffering. Again, hear the words of Peter. Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? Does that stir you? Does that stir you with faith? To see Jesus heal? Maybe this morning. Yes, this morning. We're going to pray in a minute because we believe Jesus heals and he's advancing his kingdom. And I know some of you already, I know there's some people with words uh, that they they sense God is telling them that that there's people here that that need healing in certain parts of their body. And I'm going to give you an opportunity later on to, to be able to come out and very briefly just say what they are so that we can pray for people. 
But I just want to encourage you as we end with a few, a few stories. And, and I, w- I want these stories to encourage you because they involve people from Jubilee. The first one is about our friend Jake. Last summer, Jake spoke. This is him speaking before 8,000 young people at New Day, an event for young people, about the fact that God had healed him a year earlier at the event. And I love that he did it in his Middlesbrough top. Jake had had a problem from birth with his hips. He had fluid on them, which gave him pain and would give him spasms and, and kind of shooting pains down his leg. And his hips would pop out of their sockets if he did lots of exercise. And at the event, the speaker asked everyone to put their hands on wherever was needing healing in their bodies. And then he prayed. And Jake did some stretching, he did some lunges, and the pain had gone. Totally. Jesus had healed him. Let me tell you about Rachel. Rachel is in this uh, right-hand corner with her family. Rachel suffered from ME, severe migraines, depression, and fibromyalgia, which is a kind of condition that causes pain all over your body. And it was so bad that she was housebound most of the time and she used crutches and a wheelchair to get around. She managed to get to the devoted festival camp in 2016, which many of us were there at as well. And even though she knew that she wouldn't be able to stay in the meetings all the time without having ear defenders on and earplugs under those ear defenders, because her condition meant she couldn't cope with the vibrations and the noise levels in the meetings, and she couldn't cope with the energy either. But during that weekend, she met Lily, and Lily encouraged her to go to the prophetic art workshop that was happening that weekend. And she went, and God spoke powerfully to her there. And then over the course of the weekend, she was prayed for a number of times, including by Jodie. And then one evening... she suddenly sensed that God had healed her depression. And then the next morning, the pain had left her body. She had no need for crutches or the wheelchair. She didn't need the ear defenders. She didn't need the plugs under her ear defenders. God had healed her. And she went back to her doctor because she'd been receiving treatment for Um, a number of years for these conditions and the doctor could not believe it and he wrote on her medical notes miraculously healed she now walks she now walks four miles a day with a family dog and I met her husband a few months ago and she is still completely healed and just in case you think these things only happen at big events like Devoted or New Day in the last few months Karen and Keith have prayed with someone whose back has healed. Someone here who had been battling with depression for a long time, and I say this with 
lots of sensitivity because I know, I know the seriousness of depression. They'd been battling it with a long time and someone prayed with them and God lifted that depression from them. And in consultation with their doctor, which is dead important, they were able to come off antidepressants. We also heard from Holly a few months ago about Holly going out with a team to Mexico and seeing Jesus heal people on the streets of Mexico, including a woman who was blind, who received her sight. And I know there will be more stories like that amongst us, as well as people who are faithfully trusting that Jesus sees them and knows them in their difficulties and that he is good whether they receive their healing in this life or the one to come. Let's pray, because I want to leave some time for us to pray this morning and see God move. Let's come before the Lord this morning. Perhaps like me, you, you sense that you've been too safe in this area. Let's come, you and I, in humility before King Jesus and confess our sin. Confess our sin of playing it safe. Confess that we've filled our minds with all sorts of reasons why going for healing right now would not be a good idea. But we know you're faithful. We know you forgive us. We know you empower us. Lord Jesus, would you give your people here fresh faith for healing. Fresh faith for healing, not simply here on a Sunday morning, but out in the places where we meet people. Would we encounter compassion as we meet people? I believe God's doing that this morning. I really sense that as Pauline brought that word. Compassion for those that don't know him and also compassion for those who are suffering in sickness and pain. Lord, would you fill us with compassion, the compassion of Jesus. Spirit of God, come and move amongst us. Would you, would you come and encounter us? Come and give us fresh faith. Come and speak to us as we are um, with friends or with family members or with work colleagues. Lord, would you whisper to us, hey, wouldn't it be wonderful if we prayed for this guy? Wouldn't it be wonderful 
if you allowed me to heal this person right now? Would you whisper those things into our hearts? Would you take on some sort of adventure of healing in this place? Well, I, I, I'm going to ask two things. I'm going to ask the band to come up. I'm going to ask us to stay in this moment of just...